Hi, if you'd like today, it's me, Alan Smith, with a wee puckle of stories about the day's press and journal, this being Monday, July the 12th. So the main story in the front of the paper today is a headline is City Homes Crisis as £500 million worth of houses is left lying vacant. So it says, Everdeen has more long-term empty houses than anywhere else in Scotland, new research has revealed, with a total value of nearly half a billion pounds. About 3,000 properties across the Granite City have been unoccupied for two years or more, uh, insurance firm Admiral has found. It tops the rankings for the number of empty houses for between two and five years with 2037 and between five and nine years with 813, far more than Scotland's other major cities. The, mas- the vast majority are privately owned, which is at least a part of the legacy of the oil and gas downturn, resulting in a drop in demand for property. Um, Aberdeen City Council has won awards for its work to tackle the issue with the Scottish Empty Homes Partnership led by Shelter, um, but campaigners are speaking to ministers about the need for additional powers such as compulsory sale orders and compulsory rental orders to give local authorities more teeth in the battle to bring them back into use. So you wouldn't need to be a genius to see that the first, the first house has been sitting empty for again even two years, but, but it's between five and nine Yes, that's, um, and there's so many homeless folk in Aberdeen, you know, the, something needs to be sorted out to get them, get folk into houses and they hear them sleeping out. But hopefully they'll get their act together and get it sorted out before too long. Now, here's a story about just how witty Aberdonians are, and this is about um, <coughs> the Inversnecke Cafe down at the beach. So it's uh, summer in Aberdeen Beach and visitors to the coastline have gradually been returning for lockdown to cafe culture and a blast of invigorating sunshine. Yeah, even though there hasn't been much to laugh about during the last 18 months, the Granite City has a venue uh, where bacon, sarnies and sausage butties are accompanied with snappy one-liners. So the Inversnecke Cafe, which used to play host to Sir Alex Ferguson's fabled Aberdeen team after their training sessions on the sand, is well known for hearty fare and a stonking view of the North Sea of the Har by Jawa. But in 2015, owner Martin Vicker decided to create something different with a daily joke scrawled on a sandwich board outside the premises. So just to give you an idea of his, um, a flavour of it he's putting on, I should say, there's a few in the paper here. So um, it's one of them is, Abba always enjoyed their curry after a concert late at night. And then in brackets, gimme, 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 a nan after midnight. And another board, it says, uh, chromosomes, XX equals female, X, Y equals male. Y, 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 Delilah. That's not bad. Um, another one was, tried to cut the grass yesterday and it didn't go well. I fought the lawn and the lawn won. So there's a hell of a them like that, but, um, you know, if it's a great idea and it says it's been, folks been sending them, you know, out of place, out of the world is gone. So for that simple thing to cheer on a customer or just on a passerby up, uh, fantastic. It just shows you how Clever Aberdonians are. Now, here's a story, it's um, probably not very unusual, but it's, it's a shame, are the same. But the chairwoman of a small Highland community council has been forced out by online trolls. Yvonne Rosie had been chairwoman of the Kinloch Leaving Community Council for nearly eight years, and, and despite, but despite being praised for her hard work to improve the village, she said she'd taken the decision with enormous regret and deep sadness, adding, but one can only take so much. 
Miss Rosie added that she had come to the end of my tether with bullies. In an emotional post in the Clunsol's Facebook, she wrote, It's with enormous regret and deep sadness that I inform you I've resigned from Kenloch leaving Council. A decision which I have not taken lightly, I can assure you, but one can only take so much. We don't carry out uh, these duties for personal gain. We carry them out because we care and have a healthy respect for not only the village, but the community, although there is a small group who believe otherwise. My issues with this have escalated over the last couple of years or so. People have used social media to berate, cajole, castigate, um, use opinion as fact, deride, lie and ultimately bully, all from the safety of a keyboard, <clears throat> never at a meeting where much of these issues could be discussed, debated, argued and hopefully rectified. But no, it's much more fun to needle, to chip away at the foundation of what as a group try to do, she added. So, but a shame, you know, for somebody's spent all that time trying to help a community and um, some folk for dinner had the, the guts to come along to a meeting and, and raise their points, but um, do it for the safety of behind a, a keyboard. Um, well, hopefully they'll they'll realise their error of things go for, for bad to worse, but shame for the wifey, but um, you know, hopefully she'll be back at some point. Now, here's a wee bit about the travel bosses for, for being in touch with Nicola Sturgeon to try and get her to update the rules a wee bit. <clears throat> so, Chief Executives for Airlines in Scottish airports have written to Nicola Sturgeon, urging her to bring in the same rules as England for quarantine-free travel for amberless countries. <clears throat> so, for July the 19th, travellers for amberless areas that have had both coronavirus vaccine doses will nay have to self-isolate if they return to England. So, CEOs for AGS Airports, which owns the terminals in Aberdeen and Glasgow, as well as EasyJet, Loganair, Jet2 and TUI, went to see the same exemptions applied in Scotland. They said the UK government's announcement was a positive move towards the genuine reopening um, the sector has been looking for. So <clears throat> I think we are this thing, coronavirus things going on. I think, you know, if it's coming to almost an end, hopefully the the four home countries should get together and just have one thing coming out for Aberdeen because it's, um, it's so confusing for folk. It's... You know, if you bide in the borders of Scotland and England, you could nip out and benefit for, if one's better than the other. But I think it should just be the same for Abdi now. I mean, we're in the same boat, pretty much. So, over to Nicola. Now, there's a wee bit in about a, a man if I used to play for Celtic, and <clears throat> his name was Charlie Gallagher. Um, so, former Celtic forward Charlie Gallagher, part of the squad who won the European Cup in 1967, has died at the age of 80. He played for Celtic from 1958 to 1970. He made 171 appearances and scored 32 goals. Um, his corner set up Billy McNeil's winner in the 1965 Scottish Cup final against Dunfermline as Celtic claimed the first of what would be a, a glut of trophies under Jock Steen. Now, I am never near a Celtic fan, obviously my Aberdeen supporter, um, but you know I have been doing the park heat to meetings and stuff and other things they've got about the Lisbon Lions up here is, I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, as Manny was obviously a part of the squad, as Charlie Gallagher was part of the squad that, that won that European uh, Cup back in 1967. And I think I could safely say nothing like that will ever, ever happen again for a, a bunch of players right, within a radius of 30 mile of Glasgow to play, you know, play for Celtic and to win the European Cup and then to have as much success as they did. Absolutely unbelievable. So, um, you know, he was part of a great squad and a great team. And um, may he rest in peace, Charlie Gallagher. 
No, here's a fascinating story about a, a boy for um, got a row for selling his pal's booze at school that he'd made himself, and now he's opened up his own business and he did a roaring trade. So <clears throat> from bathtub gin at school to award winner, it says, so a young Glaswegian, once given a stern token to for selling homemade gin to his schoolmates, has used lockdown to launch an award-winning drinks business. Bruce Walker uh, from Broomhill turned his passion for spirits into a company called Purist Gin after finding himself jobless when the first lockdown uh, started. But within months, the first batch of his product had won a bronze medal at the Scottish Gin Awards in a category with 150 entrants. Um, Mr Walker said his love for spirits began in his teenage years, like a lot of us, I would think, when he would make so-called bathtub gin by infusing botanicals in a jar we are raw alcohol for his classmates to enjoy at parties. He said, I was doing that, I was mucking it for my pals, and then one day he got caught and he got a big, big row, uh, as you would expect. Uh, Mr. Walker said he set up Purist Gin and started to make some headway before the first lockdown hit in March 2020. He said he was off and doing the dumps when that happened. He'd set up the business, he'd got his license and picked up a client. But then everything shut down. But then within, he says, within six weeks, I had bottles going out to folk. Um, and he explains the method he uses, and it makes it a much more mellow flavour. Um, and they've got all different flavours. as orange, juniper, um, coriander, citrus, fruit, and everything like that. Um, and he came third in a, in a blind taste test competition last November at the London Dry Gin category of the Scottish Gin Awards. So he says that was just a crazy, crazy night, but obviously fantastic for him. So now it turns out his mum has um, quit her job in the public sector to join her son's growing business. And she says, as soon as I tasted it, I couldn't hear Bruce was onto something. Um, so he, Bruce Walker said, the next step is getting his product into bars and restaurants for people to enjoy his hospitality reawaken. So well done to him. He's um, been alone like a rest of us, I'm sure. And he's, you know, enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed a drink or two from his at school, him and his pals. And now he's turned into a business. Absolutely fantastic. You know, well done to him and um, all power to his new business. Now, just finish up with sport as normal. So, I think, obviously, England didn't manage to bring it home yesterday. It's going to want him to Rome instead. But I think, um, only if I watched the match, which definitely the best team won. And, you know, fair play to the young Loons for England for stepped up to take a penalty. Unbelievable pressure. Um, and there are just young Loons, 19, 20, 22. Um, but, kind of, you missed three penalties in a shootout, then you're not going to win. So, you know, hard lines to England, to be, to be fair. They did well to get there. But it just was not to be. So I'm sure um, we'll hear a few more mentions of 1966 for a few years yet, maybe. But um, well done, Italy. Fully deserved win and, and enjoy. Now that's me done for the day now. Just a wee puckly stories with the day's press and journal on Monday, July the 12th. An extremely hot day up in Aberdeenshire today, um, roasting sun when, when it comes out. Um, but even if the sun's new, uh, you know, 100%, it's very, very warm, um, extremely uh, muggy, I would say. So um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thanks very much for listening. And if once again, if you if you think anybody else might like it, please let them can. And if um, you didn't like it, then perseverance is the key. Just keep on trying until it becomes a habit. That would be the best thing you could be. Cheers now, do look. Put the constitution, speak the book, the rules are there. Wrong field, now field, man, a field, and can't field. Hearts are local stories, let you bleed in a can.